Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Yeah, I was doing a little rundown of the game last night, and Rowdy, you said there's something you forgot, Ebo. You missed the eighth inning because you were talking about what happened with the Brewers in the ninth inning. They had uh, Christian Yelich was walked. They had, uh, well, before that, I guess Locaine grounded into a double play. The umpire called him out at first when he was safe by a mile. I don't know what that dude was doing, messing with the flow of the game, the umpire. And then they walked Christian Yelich to load the bases. Pablo Reyes strikes out then in an egregious pitch. Uh, but Rowdy's like, well, you missed something that happened in the eighth inning. Well, Rowdy, tell the folks what it is. I saw you tweet about it, too, what happened in the eighth inning with the Milwaukee Brewers, or more specifically the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, first off, the Milwaukee Brewers offense was non-existent for pretty much the whole game. Yep. Then they decide to start playing in about the eighth inning where they start to put runners on base. And as they're in a jam, the pitcher goes, you know, his first two uh, pitches. Oh, who was it to? Oh, I'm having a... That's, you're fine. First two pitches, once he's got a jam, two outs. Yadier Molina, his knee hurts out of nowhere. Yeah, I know he's old. Oh, I know he's a catcher. He is old. But all of a sudden, a guy that catches like 130-plus games a season on a 162-game season has a, a phantom knee injury where he's got to come and get the, the trainers to come look at him. Uh-huh. And then what do you know? All of a sudden, that gives his uh, pitcher uh, time to catch his breath. And guess what? He gets out of the inning. He ends up coming back and throwing strikes after being not being able to hit the zone. Weird how that worked. Oh, my knee. Oh, oh it hurts. And, now, what is he, 39 years old, Rowdy? Yeah. And that was uh, to Eduardo Escobar. That was who it was. And, oh, by the way, earlier in that inning... Colton Wong narrowly missed a home run to right center. Hit off yeah. the wall. Yeah, hit off the wall. That would have tied the game. Yep, that was uh that was a nice little hit. And I thought that thing was out at first, you know, out of the park at first, but then poof, hits that you know center field wall uh, on the right side. But yes, that last at bat in the eighth inning where Eduardo Escobar struck out. Obviously the Brewers are threatening. Cardinals are in a jam. First two pitches not even close. And he Batter prior, he was not hitting the zone very well either. Yeah. All of a sudden, little knee injury. Yep. Yeah. BS. BS. Well, he's a that's called a savvy vet move, I would say, Rowdy, if I was a Cardinals fan. Sure it would be a shame though if uh someone would have extended their backswing a little too much and tapped him on the back of the head after that. Would have been a shame. Uh Rowdy, so let me ask you, are the Brewers trending in the right direction right now? And are the St. Louis Cardinals trending? Who's trending in a... Well, it's obviously... Well, I mean, the Brewers aren't, but are you nervous about it? We knew, looking at the schedule in late May, that September was going to be tougher. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the teams that they've played currently in September. The Giants, they're the best team in baseball. The Cardinals, they're currently in the wild card. The Phillies, they're currently in the uh, NL East and wild card hunt. Cleveland's out of it. Detroit's out of it. Chicago, but the rest of this month, again, they have the the Cardinals for the rest of this series and another one. They're a team that is leading the uh, wild card number two spot. The Mets are still technically in it, and then the Dodgers were the second best team in baseball. Like it's not the easiest schedule down the stretch. And the Brewers have they been playing horribly? No. Has it been as good as it was in August in the beginning of September? No. No. So are you stressing right now? I mean, what's the nerves like? Well, the Cardinals like? are on fire, by oh, the way. Oh, they've won 10 in a row? 10 in a row. 10 in a row for the St. Louis Cardinals. Magic number is still at three for the Brewers, the clinch, uh, the NL Central. And these are t- two games the last couple nights where if you duels. actually hit the ball, you win. you win the game because the pitching's been good enough. I mean, the Brewers in the last two games combined have combined for three runs and seven hits. So when it comes to winning the NL Central and entering the playoffs, here, here's my verbiage for the poll. What are your nerves like for the Milwaukee Brewers and winning the NL Central and entering the playoffs? They'll be fine. I'm fine. 
I'm a little nervous or I'm freaking out, man. Should there be three or should I add a fourth in there, Rowdy? Is those three just fine for you? Can I get the seal of the Rowdy seal of approval? Yeah, it sounds good to me. Where are you at? Are you are they'll be fine, I'm fine? A little nervous or I'm freaking out, man. Little I'll be at the little nervous. Do you still think they win the NL Central right now of how they've been playing? Yes. Okay. Because it's they, nine and a half games up. If they don't win the NL Central, the whole team gets put up for D bag of the week. <laughs> I I would second it immediately. Uh, but when it comes to the you know, entering the playoffs, is that where the nerves then come in for you? You're a little nervous as this is how they're entering the postseason? Yeah, and it's more or less I'm a little nervous because of the offense. All of a sudden, the offense is starting the last week or so is starting to look kind of like the offense that was of May. That was the Brewers' only losing month of the year currently. As I'm going to change the verse. What are your nerves like for the Milwaukee Brewers right now as uh, the playoffs near? That's what we'll do. As the playoffs near. Because I still think they're winning the NL Central. I mean, if they don't, that that would just be amazing. If Yeah. If they don't win the NL Central, then what Rowdy said, they're all going up for D-Bag of the Week. There's 11 games left, and they have a nine-and-a-half game lead. Now, the Cardinals have one more game to play that the Brewers have already played. So even if they win that game, that means you have a nine-game lead with 11 games left. If you don't win the Central, you're. I don't even know if you should show up in the playoffs. <laughs> we, should, we should just give it to another team. The Twitter poll is up right now at Zone Madison. You can go get your vote on. That's... Uh, Three options here, and it's revolving around the Milwaukee Brewers. The verbiage is simply this. What are your nerves like for the Brewers right now as the playoffs near? They'll be fine, I'm fine. I'm a little nervous, or I'm freaking out, man. The schnozberries taste like schnozberries. Well, Rowdy, they'll be fine leading the way, 42%. A little nerves, 32%. And I'm freaking out is getting some play, 26% of the vote. A Corey and Marshall, what up, brother? He says, uh, not worried about the crew. Their offense was hot last week in versus Cleveland, going through a little lull right now. It's like a, a sine wave. Well done, Corey. Showed signs of life at the end of the game last night. Yeah, they uh, waited a little too long for that offense to come alive, right, Rowdy? And then it sputtered out. That yeah, game I mean, last night was frustrating. It's pretty tough when you entered the eighth inning with two hits. <laughs> and one of them was from Brandon Woodruff. Correct. The pitcher. What is it? Rowdy, maybe we need... I don't know how the research department can do this, but what is it? I would love to somehow find out what the the team average is when Brandon Woodruff pitches. When, when Woody's on the mound, what the team's batting average is when the big woo is up there. Brandon Woodruff is now 9-10 and 10 on the year, and his ERA is... What was it? Two five two. Two five two. How in the f is his? I mean, wins and losses, okay, whatever. It's kind of a uh, getting to be a meaningless stat, I guess, for starting pitchers. Yeah, but you I, still, I still like it when you have numbers that are close to what Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta have all done this season. It's a shame that combined they don't even have thirty wins. And that was the bold proclamation, right, for the start of the season. Was it they would both combine Burns and Woody for 30 wins into the sub-3 ERA? Was that what it, it was? It was either 30 or... 32, I think. Or 35. Or th- whatever it was, they're not getting there. They're not getting there. But the, the bigger thing, whether it was 30 or 35, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think we saw Woodruff continuing to get better and better and better since 2017 when he made his first appearance with the Milwaukee Brewers. Corbin Burns... It was, well, can he be as consistent as he was in 2020? Because you saw him in 2018. He was great out of the bullpen in a spot start here and there as it, when he had just uh, tasted the big leagues. 19 obviously got blown up. Then we have, everyone's heard about the, uh, you know, the pitching lab and how he had to fix things, and he went more with the cutter. 2020 had a really good year, finished an out short of being able to qualify for the Cy Young and other awards. Could he duplicate what he did in 2020 for a full season? Well, he's come out and done that. He's been the Brewers' best pitcher statistically. Yeah. Woodruff continues to get better, like I said. Freddie Peralta was the one that came out of nowhere. Freddie Peralta was the one where you've seen a lot of uh, potential, but he's never had the long staying power yeah. or the consistently the consistent greatness that Burns and Woodruff had had prior 
And those three combined don't even have 30 <laughs> wins, even though they're they're three of the top six or seven pitchers in the NL this year. Yeah, they're all they Cy don't race. have 30 wins together. Brandon Woodruff is nine wins. Corbin Burns has 10, and then Freddie Peralta has nine. Think about that. That is insane. Well, if you want to know what's what's just a shame, Devin Williams, he's the setup guy, right? Yep. He's a guy that you want to have a lot of holds, maybe a save here and there, low ERA. He has eight wins. You know what's even bigger shame, Rowdy? Brent Suter. 12 wins for the Raptor, Brent yes. Suter. The long, the guy that's expected to be a long reliever slash spot starter normally in Brett Suter and your setup man combined for 20 wins. <laughs> that is Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns don't even combine for 20 wins. They exactly. For, yep. And that's your, those are your two aces going into the postseason. We've changed Brent Suter's nickname from the Raptor, haven't we? Yeah. He's the vulture. The vulture. I'm not talking a Spider-Man villain. This is. He's not a villain. I, I mean, guess. hell, even if you look at the top three wins for relievers on the Brewers, Suter 12, Williams 8, Boxberger 5. <laughs> That's 25 wins between those top three, Just I insane. guess you would say, relievers. And then Burns, Peralta, Woodruff. Not many more wins than that. Who would you throw game one in the playoffs? Corbin Burns. I was going to say, because it's Brandon Woodruff, I don't think any runs are going to come across the plate for the Milwaukee Brewers offense. Do you do you do my you, my top three would be Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. What is it? And I don't think there's a right or a, there's a right answer because I don't think you can figure anyone can figure it out. But what is it with Brandon Woodruff on the mound that the Brewers offense can't do diddly poo rowdy? Have, have, like, do you have an inkling of anything? It makes zero sense, and it's really a shame because Brandon Woodruff at this point they're running out of games, right? Well. That's for all of them. They're yeah. running out of games. Brandon Brandon Woodruff probably has maybe two starts left in the season. If he can't get 10 wins and have double-digit wins, that's just a shame. There's 11 games left. One, two, three, four, five, six. He probably seven, has nine, about two starts ten, left. There's in 11 him. games left. Yeah. And it's you finish up two games with the Cardinals. Then it's the Mets. At Amfam Field, then you go to Bush Stadium to take on the Cards again, and then you go out to L.A. to take on the Dodgers to finish the season. Wow. The Cardinals are hot. They're in fuego right now. They've won 10 in a row. The Brewers lead in the NL Central now down to double digits at 9.5. The magic number still sits at 3. The Brewers have a tough schedule out the end of the year. Are the Dodgers still winning, Rowdy? They- yeah, I, I effing hate the Dodgers. They came back and won last night in the 10th inning. Oh, they're at 97 and 54. Oh, Rowdy, they're going to make you sweat that. No, it's going to come down to the Brewers series, and the Brewers aren't going to care because they're already have the central locked up. Oh, my God. Rowdy. And the Dodgers are going to be playing for something because they're going to be locked in with San Francisco for the long haul to see who gets. And obviously, it's important because the winner doesn't have to play the wild card. Rowdy, we're talking about this next segment for the Razor's Edge. It's going to come down to the Milwaukee Brewers, isn't it? It's, it definitely is. Rowdy put down a nice substantial chunk of money on the Dodgers under of a hundred and three and a half. Correct. And then of course they've been on fire since August. They now sit at ninety seven. <sighs> they were on pace for like ninety six wins heading into August. And they have eleven games left and the last three are with the Milwaukee Brewers, but it's out in LA. Wow. Rowdy already cashed in on his bet though with the Brewers uh, over under win total. He that was the, the one that mattered the most. But now he's got to sweat out the the Dodgers as it's definitely going to come down to the final series uh, of the year, and it just so happens to be against our Milwaukee Brewers. All right, well, uh, my my theory, and I, this is the theory I've had a long time for Brandon Woodruff and the Brewers sticks, is that the Brewers offense just is so amazed with Brandon Woodruff and how good he is that they're just like they're like dazzled, they're distracted. They want to sit down and watch Woody just throw a gem. Therefore, they can't hit because they're not focused on the task at hand. They're focused on what's happening in front of them, and that's just their jaw hitting the floor of how good Brandon Woodruff, the big woo, is. Our guy True Advisor on Twitch says, Woodruff intimidates the team because his bat is just as good too, if not better. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff is like, okay, you bums. If you're not going to get hits for me, I'm going to go do it myself. Woody, again, gets another hit last night. I think that's his fifth hit of the year, Rowdy. And then he almost got another hit later on in the game. What was that, the sixth inning, I want to say? 
Uh, but unfortunately, it was a little too high. It was caught out in the outfield. Well, Brandon Woodruff was like, because the Brewers didn't get their, their other hits till what did you say, the eighth inning? Yeah. Yeah. And Brandon Woodruff, that was two hits they had, and Woody's was one of them. What is it with the Brewers' sticks when Woody's on the mound? I don't get it. Graham Mertz says it. Paul Chris says it. The game Saturday is not Mertz versus Cone. It's Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. Yeah, sure. I can't help but think that the game is going to be Mertz versus Cone when it comes to the eyes of Wisconsin Badger fans. So the Twitter poll I'm going to get out there is, is this game Wisconsin versus Notre Dame for you or Mertz versus Cone for you? Now, the obvious answer, listen, when it comes to national media and everyone else and probably the Notre Dame fans as well, it's Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. But when you, as a Wisconsin Badger fan, look at what has happened, Jack Cohen, a damn good quarterback, we've said many times that he probably beats Penn State earlier this year if he's the quarterback, so the Badgers. Does this come down for you, the Badger fan, as it being Mertz versus Cohen over Wisconsin versus Notre Dame just because of the ramifications of what happened and looking down the road of what potentially could happen. RJ, we'll go with you. You were at the team for five years. No, I, it, it's Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. The, there's the subplot of comparing Jack Cohn to Graham Mertz and how they perform, but uh, it's always been one of those, and you hear it in the pros too, like they're not on the field at the same time. It's It's not like you're at the skills competition and you're throwing at the net. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's Wisconsin versus Notre Dame with the subplot of comparing stats to see who made the right decision. So it, it's really not the two quarterbacks versus each other. Rowdy? I'm with RJ on that one, obviously, for a lot of reasons, because if there was ever a year in the last few years where Ohio State is vulnerable, it's this year. And. The Badgers had a lot of opportunities against Penn State, didn't come through. If they lose to Notre Dame, I feel like everyone's confidence is shake, uh, like shook on this team. Yeah. And do you really ex- – if they lose to Notre Dame and, and the way they lost to Penn State, do you really expect them to beat a Michigan? Do you expect them to beat an Iowa? All of a sudden you're looking at an 8-4 and four season when I think a lot of people had – 10 and 2, 11 and 1, 12 and 0 written all over it if Graham Mertz could come and perform. But like he said – the subplot is definitely Mertz versus Cone because Mertz doesn't have to outplay Cone and they can still win. Right. Just because of how good his defense is and Jack Cone and the Notre Dame defense aren't as great. So, but if he gets outplayed by Jack Cone and Jack Cone and Notre Dame win, there's going to be a lot of critics. Oh, there is. Let's say Jack Cone and Notre Dame, let's say Jack Cone outplays Graham Mertz. And Jack Cohen leads the Fighting Irish to a victory over the Wisconsin Badgers. Aren't we going to be hearing, if the phone lines ever do come back on and work, aren't we going to be hearing a lot of, I can't believe the Badgers let Jack Cohn go and went with Graham Mertz. Isn't that going to be the main thing we're going to be hearing if, worst case scenario, Notre Dame and Jack Cohn beat the Badgers and Mertz? It will, but, I mean, I fall under the same camp as uh, young Ben Kenny you stunt the growth of your five-star quarterback mm-hmm. if you pick Jack Cohn to be your guy after injury, after if it wasn't for COVID, he wouldn't have been here anyway. So what I, star would you currently rank Graham Mertz? <laughs> I mean, he's still a five-star quarterback. It's just like when <sighs> Chez Malusi transferred, he was still a former four-star quarter, or four-star running back. So he's a former five-star quarterback. I think right now Graham Mertz looks like he's like a higher three-star quarterback. Oh, if you, if that's you had the, not really the question. If you had the RJ ranking out right now, what would the RJ star system be for Graham Mertz? <laughs> he's, not going, he's not going star. He's going farts. <laughs> One fart. We're going noises. <laughs> I don't like know, if man. I had to re-rate him what, what I thought. Didn't know what his rating was coming into college. And I go... Well, what rating do you think he was coming out of high school? I'd say probably a good three-star recruit. He hasn't he hasn't wowed me outside yeah. of one game. Actually, it's been quite the opposite for the majority of his career. And that one game, we were told by a lot of people afterwards, don't be wowed by it, even yeah. Badger fans. We do have some uh, three-star recruits in our history that have played much better. Well, I've <laughs> also seen some people that 
thought that they were right and Graham Mertz should have been starting since week one, 2019, after one game in 2020. Yeah, I remember those people. If that was the case, would the Badgers even make it to the Duke's Mayo Bowl? If that was the case, or, yeah. Well, or hey, before that. What was they, the one before that? Would the, they uh, have been bowl eligible? Yeah, bowl eligible. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> so I put the Twitter poll out. What's the main storyline for you when Wisconsin takes on Notre Dame? Is it Mertz versus Cohen, or is it just Badgers versus Fighting Irish? Uh, Papa Pick on Twitch says, this is a fight for recruits. Notre Dame is the school that could take linemen away from Wisconsin. Um, I don't really think they uh, recruit many of the same kids. RJ? Yeah, they, they go, like, they have one guy out there. Um, who's the lineman? So, kid There's from Wisconsin who's deciding between. Uh, but, yeah, they're not really going after the same kids. And if they are, Notre Dame's in trouble. If you want to continue to be Notre Dame, you don't go after the same kids Wisconsin does. And Notre Dame's got the bigger name. Um, Obviously. Yeah. it's I. For me, though, when I look at this game, I mean, I can't help but look, and I agree with you guys that it's Wisconsin versus Notre Dame because at the end of the day, that's what it is. But when I look at this and I know how Badger fans are, hell, it was, uh, what was that? The Utah starting quarterback, Charlie Brewer, has uh, said he's done after three games. And I saw this on, what, CBS Sports and a couple other, I think, Bleacher Report and some of the people I was friends with on Facebook. I saw them already turning on Mertz saying, come to Wisconsin and be our quarterback, please. Like, man, you're already, you're already turning on Mertz like that? So I'm looking at this game, and I know for a fact for me, and I agree with you two, that it's Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. But I know how Badger fans are, and I know part of my mind, like I did when Jack Cohn you know, first Graham Mertz comes out against Penn State and lays a stinker. He can't even hand the ball off the Chesma Lucy. And then I see Jack Cohen out there against Florida State, who is just absolutely bawling. And I, and then I see at the end of the game, Jack Cohen raising his hands in the air, celebrating because they just, you know, in overtime, beat the Seminoles. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I can't help but think, I wish Graham Mertz would have had a performance like that against Penn Notre State. Notre Dame's 3-0 and this year, obviously haven't lost a game. Jack Cohen hasn't been any of the issues. It's been mostly the defense. Well, you yeah. Throw a pick six. Yeah. I mean, that almost that. that almost led to a loss against Toledo. Then he came back in after getting his finger popped in and threw the game winner. Yeah, well, he, he yeah. contributed to possibly losing. But they won. But they won. Now that's a stretch of all stretches. Is it? I'm, RJ's just trying to. I think RJ, what he did was he had a big substantial order in the Graham Mertz's website. He's got a bunch of t shirts coming. So he's <laughs> no. trying to. He's like, Jack Cohen don't got a website. Graham Mertz does. I got a big order coming. It might be I lost in transit with your, with your Jimmy right John. Uh, Graham Mertz stuff might be lost in transit like your Jimmy, your Jimmy John sub. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I can't help but think about this. Big, they got the big baller brand fulfillment yeah. system. Like I see, I see super cuts and commercials. Everyone like, you know, peacocking. Also on the app of Jack Cohn, and I'm like, man, Jack Cohn, so he would look pretty man. nice wearing the, you know, the the Cardinal red for the Wisconsin Badgers right now. This game on Twitter, online, and in the fans, the minds of Badger fans will be Graham Mertz versus Jack Cohn. They can't help themselves. Actually, over RJ, after after the first week of the college football season for both Notre Dame and Wisconsin, I think I would be more more uh, thankful. If my Graham Mertz onesie got lost in the mail, then my <laughs> Jimmy John sub. <laughs> Don't you guys agree with me though on this? Badger fans as a whole are going to be that's that the storyline. More though, the onesie. Yeah, yeah, it was like thirty bucks compared to like what eight dollars for your Jimmy John sub. It's it probably even less. Doesn't than that. matter. It's just a classic well, sub. Yeah. Don't you guys think though, when you look at this game, most Badger fans are going to be focusing solely on how Mertz does versus how Cone oh, does? Oh, absolutely. But I mean. There's a lot of people out there who believe that's the case. It's not. Like, no no football matchup, unless it's a wide receiver versus a, a corner, is a straight-up matchup. Well, yeah, you, true. You talk about a, or That's not going to stop it, people looking at stat lines. A position along the line or a position of wide receiver and defensive back. There's no real matchup between two offensive players. You know, it's not. That's uh, like in the NFL when they built like Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Right. That's great. And Aaron Rodgers outplayed Tom Brady. You know. But sadly. And yet. But sadly, the Buccaneers won. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope Graham Mertz can at least be a Tom Brady this week. Yeah. 
He ain't lying there. Because I think statistically, I think Graham Mertz will have, or Graham Mertz, I think Jack Cohn will have a better uh, game when you look at the stat line. I just think uh, Graham Mertz and the Badgers get the win. All right, on Twitter at Zone Madison, what is the main storyline for you when Wisconsin takes on Notre Dame? Is it Mertz versus Cohn or Badgers versus the Fighting Irish? Right now, early returns, 80% of the vote going to... Mertz versus Cohen. Life is back on sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800 792 3887. That's 800 79 BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. And that's where our other Twitter poll is at, uh, at Zone Madison. What is the main storyline for you when Wisconsin takes on Notre Dame? Is it just solely Badgers versus Fighting Irish? Or is it Mertz versus Cone? Right now, the poll is still evening now. It opened 80 to 20, Mertz versus Cone. Now it's coming down. 55, though, percent of the vote going to Mertz versus Cone, Rowdy. Mertz versus Cone. Jack Cone had some comments talking about how it's going to definitely be weird going against uh, his former team. A lot of friends he still talks to to this day. You know, Cone went 12 and 6 as a starter with the Badgers. And now what's he's 3 and 0, right, with the uh, fight, Fighting Irish? Well, I mean, you can see a lot of these guys. Current Badgers and former Badgers. Remember when they Jack Cone yeah, balled out against Florida State in the very first game with Notre Dame? Yep. And it was on national TV over Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. You had Jonathan Taylor tweeting about uh, Jack Cone being happy for him. You had, I believe it was Madison Cone. Like there was, there was probably about a handful of either current or past Badgers Tons that were tweeting about Jack Cohn that I saw in a positive light that we're happy for him because this was a guy that had done everything the coaches asked him for, yep. did everything that his teammates asked of him, and by all accounts was a great teammate to everybody. Yep, no doubt. And even uh, when he told Chris that he was leaving the program, he was still you know suited up uh, on the road against Iowa, and he was still out there congratulating guys, first one to talk to Graham Mertz, uh, you name it. I mean, Cohn the ultimate team guy. Well, now he's no longer on the Wisconsin Badgers team, right? Now it's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I just can't help but wonder. Well, I know it's going to happen. If if the, if the Notre Dame is to win and Jack Cohn is a big reason why, I know it's going to happen. It's going to be an all-out onslaught on social media and probably these airwaves starting on Monday about how Paul Chris and the Wisconsin Badgers, how I can't believe they let Jack Cohn leave. That's going to be the storyline, right, Rowdy? But if the Badgers win... You know, let's say the Badgers win, but it's a workman-like game for Graham Mertz, and it's the running attack getting it done. I mean, Graham Mertz is, is good against bad defenses. Notre Dame has a bad defense, but really... Yeah, but they got a lot of talented players. They do. And what's Graham Mertz even really done outside of tear up Illinois? Some of Michigan? What other? What else has Graham Mertz done? Exactly. I'm not talking for a reason. I know, the silence rowdy was deafening. I, I wasn't talking for a reason either. It's because it's, it's not much. I don't know what else you could look at for Graham Mertz and be like, oh, yeah, this dude's the truth. I don't know. This is a big game. Big game when it comes to the storyline of Mertz versus Cohn. I, I kind of just want to go through the Graham Mertz timeline. Graham Mertz versus Jack Cohn or Notre Dame versus Wisconsin. What is it for you? I voted Jack Cohn versus Graham Mertz. I know at the end of the day that it is Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. Like, I get it. I understand that. But to me, Rowdy and everyone else out there, to me – you're looking at a program that made a decision, right? And obviously they kind of had to make – Oh, Rowdy, do you think they had to make that decision? Like, okay, Graham Mertz is starting. Uh, the old adage is you don't lose your job, starting job to injury. Well, that's thrown out the door for the past, I don't know, umpteen years now. So Graham Mertz comes out. Let me ask you this. Play along. If Graham Mertz doesn't have the game like he had against Illinois, let's just say it's like a, a ho-hum whatever game. No, just like – Basically, what he's done yeah. the rest of his career. Do you think he's still a starter later that season when uh, Jack Cohn comes back and is ready to play? No. That's what has Graham Mertz done besides one game? Well, that's why I wanted to go through his timeline. Well, let's because go because it's, it's really interesting. So when he's a high school quarterback, the Badgers were actually some of the first Division One programs to offer him a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Now 
he was a kid that started out, I think he started out around a four star when he was, you know, middle of high school. And the Badgers were the first ones to really jump on him and offer him when he was younger. And all of a sudden, he has that magical senior season where he throws um, an ungodly amount of touchdowns. He gets invited to the Kansas Cannon. Yeah, he gets invited to the high school All American game, and he, he then balls out. yeah sets like a record at the high school All American game. Throws like what five or six touchdown Something passes. Like that. It, there. Was a, it was a ton. So he has an incredible senior year, an incredible senior year playoffs, an incredible All American high school game, and then all of a sudden, within that year, all these other big time schools like your Ohio States, your, yeah, your Alabamas, they your Clemson, like, come here, come they here. all start offering them. Yep. And he's like, no, I'm sticking with yep. Wisconsin. It's because, my dream as a kid. He doesn't have a dream board. Because Bud Meyer and Paul Chris were some of the first guys to get out there and look at them and talk to them and was there 100% of the time. Like, we believe in you. You believe in us. Yep. Let's go. He was going to stick with them. All right. Now there's hype because – he gets elevated up to a five-star recruit after that All-American Bowl. Yeah, but he's flexing his muscles. He's got the Kansas cannon everywhere. Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's the second coming of, you know, insert Hall of Fame quarterback here. And now he commits to Wisconsin, and he comes in as a freshman. Now we got to go through the Jack Cohn timeline. The Jack Cohn timeline was, believe it or not, Jack Cohn was one of the higher rated quarterbacks that Wisconsin had recruited up till that point too. I think uh, you had Bart uh, Bart Houston, you had uh, Kurt Phillips. Those were two of the bigger recruits that they had landed in the last 20 years. And then there's Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn was a high three-star, four-star in some uh, recruiting services. Mm-hmm. There weren't a ton of four-star better quarterbacks that wanted to come and play at Wisconsin. Like those guys that I had just named yep. were about it. Yep. And you had Jack Cohn, who, like I said, he was a he was kind of a tweener between a three and a four star. Some places rated him as a high three, others rated him as a low four. He comes in. Alex Hornibrook <laughs> was the three star out of Pennsylvania who played pretty well as a freshman, a true freshman. He did. And, then, and he won the Peyton uh, Manning Academy, yeah, too. Yeah, you saw some flashes from his freshman year and then sophomore year, same thing. But then all of a sudden... He had some wandering eyes, Rowdy. Yeah, he fell off the face of the earth. And I well, think, I think someone put uh, their fist in his face, actually. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, Jack Cohn, there was no chance in Jack Cohn playing when he was a freshman. No. But his sophomore year, I you were calling for was, I was pro Jack Cohn early. You moaned. Early in that season because Alex Hornerbrook sucked so bad. Rowdy, you moaned for Cohn. And it was kind of the same thing with Alex Hornerbrook, though. Like, Alex Hornibrook had a good game as a freshman against Michigan State. He played really well in that Orange Bowl. He had a good game uh, against Iowa, at Iowa. But that's the thing. He had, like, three or four games in his career where he actually played well. The rest of the time, he just had so much talent around him, the Badgers would win despite him playing average at quarterback at yep, best. totally. Jack Cohn doesn't get to go in and play. Then all of a sudden it gets so bad for Hornybrook that Jack Cohn finally gets. And his dad gets so excited he breaks the news that his son's starting with the pinstripe bull, if yeah. I remember correctly. And, and then Big City Cohn goes balls out. Yeah, and, and then when he did play, they limited the hell out of the playbook and didn't let him throw the ball downfield, which we saw that he could do later in his career. Yeah, like especially against Ohio State. So now we're 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 our timelines have caught up and we're entering 2019. Mm-hmm. Jack Cohn is the the guy that Alex Hornibrook is no more. He transfers to Florida State. He's the guy that everyone believes is going to be the starter. Oh, wait, but here comes Graham Mertz, the five-star recruit. He's got all the swag and all the hype. Well, they get... Because Jack Cohn's not flashy, right? He's just effective, efficient. Yep, and they get to fall camp, and it's an open tryout. And we have Jesse Temple there. We have sports director Zach Heilprin there. Every Big J with a mustard stain on their T-shirt. We had guys like RJ and Matt Bernstein who would attend former, practice. Former Badgers there, yep. And every single one of them said the exact same thing. This isn't even close. This quarterback competition, not close. Yeah, Graham Mertz has a lot of talent. He's shown some flashes. But Jack Cohn is head and shoulders better than Graham Mertz. Head and shoulders better. Who won the job? Jack Graham, Cohn. Yeah, Graham Mertz was not the starter. Nope, it was Jack Cohn. It was Cohn. Jack Cohn. 
And, then and it was Jack, Jack Cohn, Cohn's team. Jack Cohn came out, played extremely well, showed that when they allowed him to, and Quintez Cephas got loose, he could push the ball downfield. Big time. And he graded out as like the third best quarterback in the Big Ten in he 2019. Did. And oh, by the way, that's when you have guys like, I don't know, Justin, Justin Fields, Fields playing at Ohio State. <laughs> that was the best quarterback. Yep. So he's right in the thick of things outside of Justin Fields. Yep. And they go on. They play in a Rose Bowl. They should have won. And then they go into 2020. Yes, it was a weird COVID year. Yes, there wasn't the the spring practices and, and the normal summer and, and fall lead up. But you get to the, the, the fall season, 2020 pushed back until October. Jack Cohn was going to be the starter. He yep. won the job again he did. until he, he broke, his, broke foot, his foot like two weeks before the game. In practice. And then Mertz never won the job. Mertz was just given the job because Cohn was hurt. Yeah, and he was the backup. Yep, and then and then the genie comes out of the bottle in the Illinois game. Because he had an amazing Illinois game, and then he tests positive for COVID, and they couldn't play those next two weeks because the team had a huge outbreak. Jack Cohn is now you know, mending a foot injury. Yep. He comes back, plays pretty well against the Michigan team that ends up being pretty subpar. Yep. Uh, Illinois ends up being really subpar. That's putting it politely. And then all of a sudden, when Cone is ready to come back and Mertz is still playing, they decide to go with Mertz because they couldn't put that Illinois game back in the bottle. Yep. And And then then that's all he really. Jack Cone saw the writing on the wall and said, you know what? They want to go with Mertz, whatever. See, I wish we could get inside and know what actually happened during that 2020 season. Yeah, like, like same. what actually happened in that Indiana game where Mertz was playing and they say Jack Cohn was healthy. And then what happened in the Iowa game when he's dressed, where he was dressed and, and they played Graham Mertz and he continued to struggle. Yeah. I would love to know. Well, guess what? Now Jack Cohn is three and oh. And looking pretty damn good for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And Graham Mertz were still left scratching her head. Because a lot of people are saying, well, you can't put the genie back in the bottle after that game. He's the five-star quarterback. He's this. He's that. Pandora's box has been opened, Rowdy. But also, for a guy like Paul Christ, who appreciates all the opportunities he can get, <laughs> and, and giving and all, he, all he says is opportunity, experience, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. If there was no opportunity given to Jack Cohn to win the job going into this this upcoming year, if he decided to stay, I'd say it's all a bunch of uh, BS? kind of BS and word yeah. salad like normal. All right, there right? it is. Am I, it, like, am I wrong? No, on you're this not one? wrong. You're not wrong at all. Like Graham That's Mertz. why I voted the storyline as Mertz versus Cohn in this one, Rowdy, because you're looking at ramifications of a program. If Mertz goes and struggles and Cohn balls out. And God forbid Notre Dame beats the Badgers, you're gonna have a lot of people looking at the talent evaluators and what they like. I know some people are like, okay, what what did you want him to do? Cone was hurt. It's Mertz's time. Well, look at what happened. Cone is dragging a hog around. On while top Mertz, of that, like, what's well, happening? On top of that, what has Mertz done besides that Illinois game? He played a solid game against Michigan. Both teams turned out to be subpar. Yeah. The research department had a task at their hands. After last night seeing Brandon Woodruff. Just deal. Woody Rowdy, before we get into this, and the research department uh, dropped a, a nice little nugget on us about what the team average is every time Brandon Woodruff is up the pitch. Because every time Woody's up the pitch, what happens with the Brewers' offense for the most part? Well, it gets stifled, and there's zero run support for the most part. Nothing. Nada. Zip. Zilch. So the research department had broke down the numbers for us every time Woody starts. Uh, but Rowdy, and it's it's pretty alarming, but Rowdy... Here's the first question that Brandon Woodruff had to field last night. Brandon Woodruff gave up how many hits, Rowdy? Two? I believe just two. Two hits. And six innings of work where he struck out ten. Ten. Here's the first question Woody's got to field as the Brewers lose two to one. How, how much are you kicking yourself for that walk in the first inning? The, um, the walk. So for people that first don't inning. know, in the first inning, Brandon Woodruff came up there, had a well, got ahead of the batter at first, then ended up losing him, walks him. The guy then steals second. He's moved over to third by a a productive out and then ends up scoring on a fly ball to center field. That was the one run that he gave up. That was the one run. Yep. And here's, here we go. And this is the question. Are you kicking yourself for that walk in the first inning? Um, you know, I mean, that's, not really kicking myself. Yeah, I come back and, and, and bit me there. Um, they were able to score without getting a hit. But, um, 
I mean, I just, from that point on, I just tried to take it pitch to pitch and, and, um, just try to make quality pitches as much as I could. And, um, I mean, they were able to scratch across that run there and that, you know, they got the ball in the air with O'Neill to center field and they did what they were supposed to do. And, um, but yeah, it's, um, uh, anytime you, you walk the leadoff guy and he, he ends up scoring, it comes back. I mean, that, that's, you never want to walk the leadoff guy because that, that typically those guys usually score when you give them free passes. So, so exactly what Brandon Woodruff said. One, nobody likes walks, especially if you're a pitcher. Two, it's even worse if it's a leadoff guy like that happened to be. But three, I wish he just would have responded with something like, hey, dirt to dirt. <laughs> I walked one batter and gave up two hits and had one earned run, and I took a loss. Hey, dirt to dirt. I kind of like that, Rowdy. Hey, dirt to dirt. It's like when Aaron Rodgers was interrupted uh, the other day on the podium from a uh, Big J, a journalist, and Rogers says, I'm not finished yet, and then gave him daggers. Did you hear well, that? Yeah, but, I mean, Brandon Woodruff is, obviously the goal is not to walk people and it's not to lead off the, or not to walk the leadoff man. Obviously, that's, like, pretty much known. That's well. that's known once you start um, kid pitch. I'm not done yet. Yeah. And, but that was his only blemish. That was legitly his only blemish of the night. And normally... You would say that if a starting pitcher can give you six plus innings, just two hits and one walk, and there's one earned run, you probably feel pretty good about your chances of winning the game. Yep. Uh, here's Aaron Rodgers, real quick. What Brandon Woodruff should have done. Yeah, and if he's playing good, I expect those guys next to him to, to be locked in as well. Um, I'm not done yet. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm not I mean, done yet. Woodruff is sitting there after six innings. And I had messaged you guys in our Twitter DM chat. I go, if Woody wants another inning and I'm managing, he gets another inning. He was dialed in. Yeah. Instead, obviously, they went with Boxberger, and they end up losing the game 2-1. to one. But it's just hilarious. Well, do you regret walking the leadoff guy and then him scoring? Uh, duh. Um, I'm not done yet. <laughs> well, uh, no, uh, I really liked walking the guys. Here's the thing. Brandon Woodruff gave up two hits and one run. The Brewers lose. And you got to hear this. How much are you kicking yourself for that walk in the first inning? Uh, um, maybe you should ask the offense. How much are you kicking yourself for not being able to swing the stick? Yeah, sorry, sorry my one blemish, that my the run support wasn't there. So Brandon Woodruff, Rowdy. Um, in fact, Brandon Woodruff was probably so upset with the Brewers offense that you know what he did? The Brewers had two hits entering the eighth inning. Brandon Woodruff was one of those two hits. He's like, if you uh, Jablonskis aren't going to get this done, then by God, I'm going to do it. All right, we're going to go to the research department and uh, the stats that they gave us, but I can't believe this. The phone line's working again? Who's this? (laughs) Down the middle, Johnson? What have you been doing the past two days without us? Oh, my God. Well, that's her, that's her boom bunch came in handy. Yep. Charlie, you got like three things running back there? What's that? How many things are you listening to? I got uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, the pilot episode, on, and I got the boombox on listening to you guys. You like to listen to the TV and the boombox at the same time? My man likes to party. Yeah, I, I could do both. Uh, All right. Well, here, real quick, Charlie. Um, as much as I missed you, we're balls deep in this Packers conversation right here. Oh, and what I just said goes to the message I got on Facebook the other day, uh, yesterday. I'll have to read that for you guys. It's hilarious. All right, Rowdy, the research department has dropped the nugget on us. They uh, they they did their task, and I had asked earlier, what is the team batting average every time that Brandon well, Woodruff is on the mound? Just the basics, just to start out. Yeah. He has made now 29 starts. If a pitcher can give you 30 to 35 starts a year, it's a pretty good year from a starting pitcher, just health-wise. Yep. Well, he's on pace to do that, obviously. Probably still has about two starts left in him this season. In those 29 starts, he's 9-9 nine and nine with 11 no decisions. Then you look at run support, because that's the first big one. Run support. We can see that pitchers can have below-average years like Zach Davies did and still get 17 wins. You, you can see pitchers that have ERAs near four when you look at Davies and Peralta in the past, and you can get 17 wins. You can be a big-time winner. 
just need some run support. Yeah. The Brewers, on average in 2021, are scoring 4.6 runs per game. Now, normally, at the end of a 162-game season, the average almost always comes out to about four and a half. Mm -hmm. Well, the Brewers are actually the 10th best team in baseball currently when it comes to runs per game, 4.6. Their runs per game when Woody's on the mound, just above 3.9. So they're almost seven-tenths of a run less than what they normally score in a game. Then you asked about average. Well, the team is hitting 205 in Brandon Woodruff starts. 205. And you know what they're hitting? It's almost hitting? as bad as Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, well, you know what they're hitting as a team just overall this season? Nearly 235. That's 30 points lower for wow. a batting average when Brandon Woodruff starts. So not only are they scoring almost seven-tenths of a run less, but their batting average is nearly 30 points lower. Hmm. 205 and, is the team average every for every Brandon Woodruff start. And yes, and out of those 29 starts, in 15 out of those 29, he has received three runs or less of run support oh in the entire God. game. And the best part about that is the one game he's got one game in those 29 in which they scored double digit runs. And that was a game in which they scored 17 runs. You know <laughs> what? You know what Brandon Woodruff got? A no decision. An N D. I mean, you look at some of these bigger uh run totals that the Brewers have put up for him. I'll go right down since uh opening day. Six runs, no decision. Six runs, got a win. Six runs, no decision. Seven runs, no decision. Seven runs, got a win. Seven runs, no decision. Six runs, no decision. Seventeen runs, no decision. Six runs, no decision. Six runs, W. That's a lot. When they wow. do score, it, it seems like there's a lot of no decisions out there for Brandon Woodruff. Uh, yeah, Rod, did you say the highest batting average was, uh, what was this here? August 12th, 2021, obviously, against the Chicago Cubs. Brandon Woodruff, Woodruff that's the 17 runs, the no decision with a team. But do you remember that game? I do. Because that was a game in which they pulled him really early in the fourth inning, yeah. and it was tied. Yep. And then and that then was the when the Brewers absolutely exploded the rest of the game. The lowest the lowest average for the team when Woody was on the mound was not too long ago, September 15th against the Tigers, where Woody took the loss. The team batted .097. Oh, I think you missed one. Did I? There was one a little bit worse, and that was oh, in no. late June against oh, the Cubs. Oh, my God, there it is. I they batted four. He got two runs of support. Brewers won and that guess game, what? They won. <laughs> <laughs> what is well, it when I mean, Brandon Woodruff is on the mound? If you just scowl through, what is it? If you just scowl through the Arr. number of starts where the Brewers actually went above what they normally do for batting average, about 235, there's not a ton of uh, games in those 29 in which they were higher than that. Wow. What I would love to know what it is. There's just out of those 29 games, just seven times did they eclipse their average of 235 hitting as a team. What is it, Rowley? I don't get it. It's, it's just it. it's bad luck. What is it? It's it. I have no it idea. It makes no sense because it's bad luck, and Brandon Woodruff has been a top five starter in the NL this year. Benjamin. Young Ben Kenny. Benjamin. Rowdy and I can't figure out what it is. It's it, but what is it? When Brandon Woodruff is on the mound, that they can't get run support for the big woo. It's the old Jacob deGrom concept. What is it? Yeah, but the Mets sucked. I don't know. It's like it. What is it? I don't know. Like, at least it's Jacob it. deGrom could be like, oh, I'm on the Mets. Like, my offense is terrible. Like, the Brewers are clearly a top 10 runs per game offense. They're clearly hitting the ball much better since May, and he still can't find wins. You got anything? I, I, no. I'm, I'm searching for answers. I don't know. I don't know either. Brandon Woodruff is throwing his arms up. He's, he got a hit last night. He's like, I might as well just do it myself. And then he's got to listen to these schlep reporters <laughs> ask, do you regret walking, walking, walking guy? guy? He gave up one run and two hits. If he would have won the game two to one and he did the exact same thing, but the Brewers scored two runs, that question's never asked.
So the Milwaukee Brewers, in my opinion, have one job, and that's to win the World Series. Yeah, like, totally. I know I said NLCS or bust because the Dodgers are red hot. Well, I'm. St- uh, it's NLCS or bust, and if it's a good series, you the voted Dodgers, NLCS or bust. Yes, I voted World Series or bust. If it's a good series and it's a competitive series, and the Dodgers are just better, I can. Get behind that and say, hey, it was a good season. The Dodgers just had a deeper team. They spent a ton more money and they beat the Brewers. But I am I understand the World Series are bust because you kind of, once you get there, you're probably going to feel that way, especially if they match up against the Dodgers and the NLCS. Yeah. But there is something we need to talk about. Yep. Hit me with it, Rowdy. Because I, know I it's on was the tip there of your on Saturday. Rowdy was, Rowdy was in attendance Saturday when the Brewers clinched for the fourth straight time for the postseason. Yep, they clinched the playoffs. It was pretty wild. It had like a playoff atmosphere. It wasn't like sold out packed, but it was decently packed. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden we have our guy Rob Reichel at the game last night. By the way, happy birthday, Rob. Yeah, happy birthday, Robbie. We'll talk to him tomorrow if the phones work. He sent pictures to us. There was hardly anyone there. And it was this empty. Is, this is a... Milwaukee Brewer team that's still looking to clinch the Central, playing one of their Central rivals in the Cardinals, who you can never count out of the fight because the Cardinals always seem to show up at the end of the season. Yep. And they're the hottest team in baseball. There was hardly anyone there. And I kind of go back to... Where's attendance? Have the fans kind of just rode off the rest of the season as in, let's just get to the playoffs. Like, we're ready for the playoffs. I know... We've talked about this a little bit, and and some people have said, yeah, I'm kind of just waiting for the playoffs. Rowdy. I mean, they had a 12-and-a-half game lead at one point. Rowdy, they proclaimed there was 30,475 fans there. Not from the pictures that I saw. It looked like there was like 10,000. I was going to say if they normally sell out around 48,000, I was I would say like 24,000. It looked like it was about half full. Um, What's their capacity? 42,000, I think, actually? Yeah, but... I, you can get more than that. Yeah, you can pack them I, in like sardines. I've been to games where there's 47, 48,000. Get them in like sardines. It was about half capacity from the pictures that I could see. Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes back to are the fans, I guess, letting their foot off the gas pedal because they're waiting for October baseball. They're waiting for playoff baseball. And is the team kind of doing the exact same thing with when they rested Willie Adamas or they're resting Tyrone Taylor or they took forever to bring back uh, – Daniel Vogelback, or uh, even Avisel Garcia being sat down for a few days when he said he felt pretty good, or Lorenzo Kane after saying, yeah, I'm a little sore, but I can play, being sent down for a couple days. Are they being too conservative where it's like, well, if the team doesn't really see this as a must win and they're kind of just... We're going to make sure everyone's 100% healthy. You keep, you're going to keep them comfortable. Yeah, we just need to make it to the postseason, and then we'll get started keep again. Keep them comfortable. Are the fans kind of doing the exact same thing? Well, it kind of looked like it last night, didn't it? And that's all while the Cardinals are the hottest team in baseball outside of the Dodgers. Cardinals have won 10 in a row after last night. The Brewers' magic number is at three. Rowdy, they could have wrapped up the NL Central against the Cardinals. Instead, we got to now what? Well, hey, they can still do it. Yeah. It so and we talked about this a little bit earlier this morning. Yes, if you take a snapshot for the Milwaukee Brewers and an entire season, they're playing really good baseball. You would say they're a quote unquote hot team. They're the fourth best team in baseball. If you take a snapshot from late May and the Willie Adamas trade, yes, they're a really hot team. They're one of the better teams in baseball since the Willie Adamas trade. Yeah. If you take a snapshot from August Till now, they're one of the better teams in baseball outside of like the Dodgers and Cardinals. They continue to win series. They continue to win a ton of games. But if you take a ton of, if you take a snapshot from the last week plus, they're two and five. (laughs) So it's all about where you want to frame this at, right? Uh And that goes with a lot of things in life. Rowdy, it's all about how you frame things, right? From the catcher so, yes. behind the plate to whoever else is doing their it. Their last seven the games, they're two and five. They had a terrible series in Detroit. They then took two out of three against the Cubs and now have dropped the first two against the Cardinals. But if we look at this two days from now and we come back here on Friday 
and they win tonight and they win tomorrow afternoon, then we'll be okay. Do you really feel like they just fell off the face of the earth? No. Because they ended up splitting a series With against the hottest team in baseball. Exactly. One of the hottest teams in baseball, the team that is currently the wild card number two, and it's not a bad team. I feel like we'd feel a lot differently if they win these next two games, which are very possible. If you look at the pitching matchups, on paper, the Brewers should have won game one and game two. Yep. Now, they also should probably win game four if you look at the pitching matchups, but now they have Brett Anderson on the mound tonight. And is, uh, do we have a bet? Is Brett Anderson? I know they've been uh, pretty pretty conservative with injuries. Is Brett Anderson going to leave tonight's start with an injury? Whether well, it be a groin, a hamstring, a hip. Fatigue, a, a cramp. Butt, a buttocks. Yes. Uh, uh, ben Kenny, yes. Calf. How about this? What has a greater chance of happening? Brett Anderson does not leave with an injury or Jalen Berger gets more than 15 carries on Saturday? Oof. Berger is def- is destined for 15 carries on the nuts. But Brett Anderson could be destined to leave early. Rowdy, how many injuries have we had for Brett Anderson this year? Groin? Fatigue? Well, all the cramp. ones he's listed himself were calf, groin, hamstring, and I want to say maybe quad. Yeah, there's a quad in there. He doesn't have very many more lower body injuries to name. General soreness. Remember that? Ryan Braun was a big believer and fan of general soreness. Locaine was out. Uh, Craig Council described Locaine when he was out, remember, a couple days ago as, say it with me, general soreness. I still love that Lorenzo Kane because, like I told you, I was pulling right up to the to the stadium to our seats right when Lorenzo Kane's making that incredible catch. Yep. He played... And then all of a sudden, Craig Council goes, yeah, you know, he made that great catch. He banged in the wall. He's got a sore groin now. <laughs> what? But, but then it was described as he's just generally sore. Yeah, what? No, he's just generally old. Hey, Ben, if your player came down with general soreness, what would you say? Well, if my team was up 10 games in the division, nine I wouldn't and a half. Really care. What if it's nine and a half? Yeah, technically you got to treat it as nine because uh, the Cardinals have an extra game here. Still wouldn't care. Single digits. Still wouldn't care. General soreness. Nine games. Would you you just say that? How much are the Phillies down? Three. Would you just say that at this point in his career, Lorenzo Cain is just generally older? Like that's that's basically what we're we're saying. I don't want to sound morbid, but boys, every second of the day we're getting older. Yeah, but... We're one step closer to the grave every second of the day. No, we're one step closer to Saturday. I, I kind of <laughs> chuckled when you and RJ would come in here and try and, you know, it's all about framing. Frame how Lorenzo Cain had played like in the last two games or three games. Rowdy, we were giving you crap. In the last, we would say the last two games, Lorenzo Cain's betting 571, and Rowdy would steam blow out his ears, and RJ and I would just be laughing. All I'm saying Rowdy, is. Rowdy, we were trying to get you to The season that Lorenzo Cain has had, some would have said they saw it coming. Others were thinking that he was going to turn back the clocks to 2018. It's just you expect more from a guy. And I don't want to just bag on him because he's he's played all right the last month. I feel like this is one of those butt situations. I don't want to bag on this guy butt. But he's the highest paid player on the team. <laughs> General soreness. And I guess you're hitting your back on a wall and then you're coming up with a sore groin. Could Lorenzo Cain turn back time come playoffs though, Rowdy? If he can turn, if he can play like he did when the Brewers were extremely hot, like that uh, mid-April to mid-September, I mean that's prime for the playoffs. That the Brewers would love it. Obviously, Brewer fans would love it. Avisel Garcia, and you know what else I've kind of noticed with the Brewers? They've kind of come and went here this season, uh, winning-wise, with Colton Wong and Omar Nervaez. As weird as that sounds, I've kind of noticed that. When they slump a little bit, the Brewers, some slump? Reason, the Brewers have slumped. Because those were two guys that you look a couple weeks ago, they were batting in the mid, mid-280s. mid They're now down into the mid-270s. Yeah. Ben, you look like you had something to say. Uh, it, it, it's okay if Colton Wong slumps because there's another Colton Wong in the lineup that hits two spots after it. 
Christian Yelich. Yeah, you see, well, they walked him last night. He's about night. to be the highest paid player on the team next year. They walked him last night to load the bases. Did you see that? <laughs> they gave him the bonds treatment. Yelich is back. They walked him last night. <laughs> I All mean, right. honestly, I would take it. In that situation, I was I I was shocked that they were walking Christian Yelich. But I was like, huh, I'll take I'll it. I'll take it. Because Pablo Reyes has been money. Yeah, he's been in fire. Until he swung at a 2-2 pitch in the dirt. That slide, by the way, on Saturday, still great. Uh, I want to read a message I got on Facebook before we are done with the show here. It was I was dying laughing. It was absolutely hilarious. You guys have noticed Yelich has dropped in the lineup a bit, right? They just walked him, man. He is back. They they intentionally walked him to load the bases. Hey, Yelich is back. I was 100% all right with dropping him to six or seven in the lineup. He is yeah, back. Yeah, he had fifth. I like him at five. I, I, stand, I stand by seven.